Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Joining us on the line, political analyst Steve Roberts, as we uh, really kick it into high gear, Steve, in the political season. You've got the uh, first caucuses in just about a week's time, just over a week from today. But I want to start with something that happened over the weekend, and that was President Biden kicking off his campaign. Um, I I thought it was very interesting. He said during his speech, uh, talked a lot about Donald Trump said, Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. And I was thinking it was a very interesting thing for the president to say because I'm very much expecting, and if you judge by his first speech, President Biden's campaign is going to be about Donald Trump, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, And it was in many ways in 2020 as well. I mean, we've talked about this many times. The energy, the drive, the fervor on the Democratic side does not come from loving Joe Biden. It comes from loathing Donald Trump. The difference between 2016 when Trump won and 2020 when the Democrats won was that after four years, Democrats were able to demonize Trump. They were able to say, see, Look at the justices he's uh, appointed to the court. Look at the way he mishandled COVID. Look at the way he's uh, trashed our allies around the world. Look at the chaos that follows him around. They were able to crystallize the, the impact, the results, the consequences of a Trump presidency. And that was the difference between losing in 2016 and winning in 2020. And so uh, that's the winning formula. And uh, that's the way Biden is going to win. He is not going to win. Uh, If this is a referendum on his presidency, he's not going to win. If this is a a vote about do you love Joe Biden? Uh, What he needs to do is is, uh, magnify and and crystallize the concerns swing voters and swing states have about Trump, which is why Biden won um, in in, in 2020. Uh, No one listening to us right now, I'm sorry to say, not a single person uh, except maybe if they get your signal on the over the Pennsylvania border is really going to have a vote in next year that's going to matter in presidential politics. It's going to be a handful of voters in a handful of states. And that's what the Biden campaign is aimed at. It is a week now before the Iowa caucuses. Is there any doubt that Trump will not win this? I don't really have any doubts, although I have been uh, interested to see that Trump is now spending a lot of money on TV time attacking Nikki Haley. Um, He spent a lot of time attacking Ron DeSantis early in this campaign. He's now focusing on Haley, which tells you 
that he now sees her as the only real threat. People can say anything they want, but where and when they spend money on television tells you what they really think, tells you what their internal private polls are telling them. And the fact that Trump is spending money attacking Haley tells me that his polls uh, show that she is surging. Now, is she surging enough to really threaten Trump? I think the answer is no. Uh, but there are still a whole lot of Republicans um, who prefer someone to Donald Trump. And what she has done is crafted an image for herself. She doesn't really disagree with Trump on any key issues. It's a difference of tone. It's a difference of youth. It's a difference of personality. She's a kinder, gentler, to use an old phrase, trying to portray herself as a kinder, gentler, younger, fresher, less uh, weighed down by baggage version of Donald Trump. And uh, she's been effective at that. But it's also true that now that she's in the national spotlight, every word she's saying is subject to intense scrutiny. And it's a whole new ballgame for her. And so in the last week, she's made a couple of comments that have uh, suddenly earned a lot of criticism when she was asked about the causes of the Civil War. She somehow forgot to uh, mention slavery. You know, when you're governor of South Carolina, people don't really notice. But when you are a serious contender for a presidential nomination, the spotlight is much, much, much brighter. And that's what she's learning. You know, that idea of, oh, I'm Trump without the chaos, right? I feel like that seems to make sense to a lot of people. Like, that would be very appealing. Uh, but is it uh, is the chaos the whole point? Like, Do people like the chaos? Yeah, I mean, Trump supporters, sure. Um, they like the chaos. They like the, you know, if you look at Trump's uh, ads attacking Haley, they're fascinating. They're, they, they, uh, the word he uses about her is weak, and the word he uses about himself is strong and tough. And this is, and, and all the images in this ad attacking Haley are meant to amplify those two very basic ideas. Um, and so people, the, the Trump base loves his toughness. They love his uh, bravado. They love in some ways his chaos. And, one, and, and part of what he has very effectively done is turned a lot of potential problems into assets. You look at you know, four indictments, 91 uh, count, felony counts he's been charged with. And with his base, he's turned it into an asset. He's been able to say, see, I told you. I told you the FBI was against us. I told you the swamp was against us. I told you the Wall Street bankers were against us. I told you that the elites look down on you and me, and um, I'm your savior. And so he, is a, he has a brilliant ability to take what for other people would be a political problem and turn it into an asset, at least with his core supporters. The question that uh, continues to hover over this election is, is that enough to win a national election? You've got to remember he's run twice for president before, and he's yet to break 47%. He got 46 plus both times he ran. And he won in 2016 because 6% of Americans voted third party. He lost in 2020 because only 1.8% of Americans voted third party. What happens to that handful of swing voters in swing states? Is this going to be a rerun of 2016 when Trump won or a rerun of 2020 when he lost? That's the question. All right. It's a big one, too. Hey, Steve, thank you. Sure. Anytime. Steve Roberts, political analyst here on WBEN. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.